it's just whatever, wherever the conversation takes us. And obviously we're going to start talking about the, your, your awesome role in this freaking, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. We were like, like I was telling you before, my wife and I were watching it and like 10 minutes into it, she's like, this feels like I'm watching a murder mystery. I'm like, really? Uh, that's interesting. She was kind of calling out the certain kind of like the, the, the production of it was very, um, you could tell that there was a specific type of message that they're trying to drive, trying, trying to drive across. And it was yeah. very obvious. And, um, yeah, but, but for those that don't know, Kim, uh, Paquette, did I pronounce your last yeah. name correctly? Paquette. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she's an OG FSD beta tester and, uh, part of the Tesla community for, for a while now. Um, and, uh, she was uh, featured in this documentary on Hulu, I believe. And in other places, I think you can also get it. I think it's, uh, brought to you by the New York times from what yeah. I saw on the first screen. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it's called Elon Musk's crash course, uh, which it looks like it's what it's attempting to do. It's trying to bring some sort of insight into what the, f they feel might be the, um, the ominous things about full self-driving and Kim was featured in the uh, in the panel or the, or the documentary, I guess. And so I just want to sit down and talk to Kim uh, about that and obviously about anything else that comes up. So Kim, thank you so much for joining me. We've met in person a few times, so it's a pleasure to see you again. Thank you so much for coming back. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, so maybe from your perspective, kind of give us an insight into what the process was like of, of being part of that uh, documentary. So, you know, who reached out? How did that whole thing go about? If, if you don't mind getting us up to speed with that. Sure. Uh, so I was contacted by one of the producers by a Facebook messenger uh, after she saw an interview with me um, in a CNN article by Matt McFarland uh, that was about full self-driving. And um, she reached out to me and asked if I would be willing to just talk about my experiences with FSD beta. And we had a, a Zoom chat for about an hour or so and I was on a, a trip. And about, I don't know, a few days later, she reached out to me again and asked if I would be willing to be on camera. And I thought about it. And, you know, I'm very skeptical of, of the media given what they ended up producing for good reason. But I felt like it would be good for, if they're gonna talk to a beta tester, that they should talk to someone who's been using it for a long time. Because at that point, when she reached out to me, it was like, I want to say November, and they had just released it, I think, to the wider group. And um, I felt like if they were going to talk to a beta tester, it should be somebody who had experience with it. And um, around the same time, there was another CNN article where an, a brand new FSD beta tester had given their car to an, a CNN reporter and let him drive it. And it was kind of a disaster, I mean, as you would expect. And so I was very clear with this producer that I was happy to be on camera, but I did not want to take part in anything that was going to be like a total hit job on Tesla. And I linked that article or that that video of the, you know, reporter freaking out over beta. And they assured me that, nope, that's not what it was about. Um, you know, they weren't trying to prove if, if FSD beta was going to work or not. They just wanted to know if they were trying to, the question was, was Elon taking the right approach when other companies are using LIDAR and, you know, uh, testing with safety drivers, 
like, is he taking the right approach by giving it to owners and letting us test it on public roads? And so I thought that what I was going to be showing was that FSD beta is not rocket science, that anybody can use it. It's not, you know, dangerous. You have to pay attention. You can't be complacent with the, with the um, nags that are in place, et cetera. Um, so anyway, they came to my house in December and uh, we filmed all day. Uh, they sat in my kitchen, interviewed me. We drove around. Um, there was a lot of just them taking footage of me driving. Um, and yeah, and then I ended up in about, I don't know, five minutes of the movie. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Did I was one of the two positive voices, the other being John McNeil, um, I think is his name, right? And, yep. and he was and he was former president of Tesla. So I was very uh, happy to be in his company, but obviously all the other voices were negative. So yeah. What uh what percentage would you say of what you discussed with the crew actually made it into the documentary? Oh, uh, I mean a few sentences. I mean, we, we literally sat in my kitchen for over an hour and they were firing questions at me. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think that the gist of what I was saying on a whole um, made it in because some of what they were talking to me about was more about the community and about, you know, um, me going to events and that kind of stuff. Um, oh, but, um, but yeah, the, the gist of it was, what I was trying to get across was that um, FSD beta is not difficult to use and it's, you know, there haven't been accidents and that I do feel like it's uh, autonomy is necessary to end auto accidents in the United States, or, you know, in the world, but I was using statistics from the U.S. crashes per year. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but they left out a lot, you know, they left out a lot of stuff. Like they asked me about Elon's timeline because a lot of what is in the movie is, is Elon being, um, is he lying? Is he misleading people by promising FSD by certain dates? Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, I had a lot to say about Elon and his timelines and, you know, none of that made it into the movie. So, mm -hmm. you know, there were a lot of things that didn't make it into the movie. Yeah. So, and so it sounds, it sounds like, uh, at least at the beginning, there didn't seem to be any inclination of the sort of tone that the documentary was going to take. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, what, what I was under the impression was that they were going to be talking to me and other pro Tesla people. And then they were going to be talking to people that did not agree with Elon's approach. And I thought that that was more going to be like, um, you know, other, other companies in the autonomous vehicle space, like, you know, that they were going to be talking to people who were taking the LIDAR approach or they were doing the safety driver approach or, you know, whatever. I thought that that was what it was going to be about. It kind of was really more about autopilot and old accidents. And, yeah. you know, I actually, part of what I talked about that didn't make it into the movie was, you know, that there have been no accidents on FSD beta and, you know, the, the director, Emma Schwartz, um, you know, I got the impression from her that she doesn't believe the data that Tesla is providing, like mm -hmm. the safety score, like she, do, she doesn't, uh, or the, the safety, whatever that quarterly thing that they put out their safety, 
Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, she doesn't believe any of that. And I was like, well, you know, the the NHTSA requires that um, all accidents on um, beta are, have to be reported now. And we're over a year into that reporting. And I mean, if pretty sure if there had been massive accidents on FSD beta, the media would have figured it out by now because it's right. required, you know, but that didn't make it into the movie either. So they Interesting. just yeah. You know, one of the things that really struck me in the movie was they they said these are the accidents that are that we know about on autopilot. And then the government asked Tesla for all accidents that have been on autopilot. And they in the, in the movie, they like produce their, like they should have a shot of these like 30, I think it was 38 accidents yeah. that Tesla doesn't talk about. OK, well, first of all why should a Tesla have to talk about every single accident that they have and other car companies don't? A. B, what were the circumstances of those 38 accidents? Were they due to autopilot or was autopilot just on when the car got into an accident for some other reason? You know, I mean, it's just, it was very misleading. Um, you know, they kind of like were, they, they left enough out for it to be a lie. It was like yeah. lying by omission. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, well, let's go into those 38 accidents. What exactly happened? You know, they wanted to, her point was that as the technology gets better, people will be complacent. That was mm -hmm. the whole thing about all the other accidents that they said it was complacency. People were playing games or they were not paying attention. Josh mm -hmm. Brown had almost 10 seconds to react and he didn't. Mm -hmm. So what was he doing? He was being complacent. Mm. But what are the other statistics on complacency in, 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 uh, for all automakers? Why is mm. Tesla's complacency the big deal, A? And B, like, those are old accidents. There are nags in place now. There are, there are things that Tesla has done to make it harder to beat the system. But, yeah. you know, at some point it comes down to personal responsibility. And, yeah. you know, like why, like, why is this a Tesla problem? I don't know. Right. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I, I remember we, so my wife and I were watching it this morning. Cause you know, obviously I, I knew all about it and obviously like, I, but I wanted to be as fresh as possible in my mind. But the, the, mm -hmm. the thing that really stuck out to me was how, like, I think the omission of, of data was, was a crucial one that it was very cherry picked, right? It, it appeared very cherry picked. And I'm trying to be like, of course I worked at Tesla. I'm a huge Tesla fan, investor, FSD beta tester. But at the same time, I'm trying to like, I think it's, it's wise for all of us, which I know you are being is to be as, as factual as possible, but it, I couldn't shake the feeling that it was a very cherry picked approach that was purely designed to cast doubt on, yeah. on something that perhaps people don't understand. And there was this conflation of um, almost time periods and what the technology actually does that was left extremely unclear for somebody who's not familiar with the technology, right? So it's a lot of, all the footage was basically from 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, even, I think they may have had some footage for, for the, for the stuff that they were describing as, well, you know, the, the, the car went under a truck or they were having these issues or whatever. It was purely autopilot, but the point of full self-driving, not having any recorded accidents. Very good point. That's 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 a fact, right? The fact that the what's interesting to hear the fact that the director of the movie uh, uh, 
had this mindset from the beginning that she did not believe that Tesla was being uh, factual about the reporting of, of of safety or whatever. That's concerning. Like, is there a bias that's leaking into the report as you're going right. through it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they it, it, no data to support their position. Right. Like where? Okay, so if you're going to dispute Tesla and their data, then let's see your data. Let's let's yeah. let's show that Tesla is lying. They they didn't do that either. They didn't actually presented zero data. Yeah. 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 They just they just left it up for they just made a broad stroke it seems like and just uh, they're hoping for the for the viewer base to somehow be fired up by it. You know, it's like like again, like the way my wife described murder mystery was like the best way. And I think the other thing that that was really it rubbed me the wrong way is that obviously the the person who who passed away that that died from the accident sad like that's awful like it, it's obviously a, a terrible thing no one should ever die on the road no one should ever die for anything that that that's anything like that right but right. at the same time like the, the thing that rubbed me the wrong way and something that my wife also brought up like she was really the one that was very passionate about this but i i was like what the hell like it's almost like they're using a person's death to try and push some sort of agenda, you know? And I think that's really ultimately what, what rubs me the wrong way the most is that it's almost like they're almost trying to use that to cast doubt on a technology, which uh, at the very least factually appears to be a net positive for safety for, for drivers, especially in the long term as a, as a technology develops. But right. yet the fact that they're, that they're trying to use a person's death to try a certain narrative to me, just it sits, it sits weird, you know, and I understand that like people have to report on things. I get it. But like just the lens that it's being pushed through, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Um, and especially yeah. as somebody who's like deep into like the the, the information of, of like, like as far as like what Tesla full self-driving is and whatnot, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, if it, it made me feel very uneasy, but I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. Well, I mean, you know, he, Josh Brown's was the first death. So, yeah. so you understand why they would use that in the movie. But, um, you know, that was AP1. It was Mobileye. It was yeah. like a long time ago. That's what they had to go back to. And if you'll notice, his family had nothing bad to say about Tesla. Yeah. You know, they didn't even like at his funeral or, or not his funeral. It was the um, memorial later, I guess, that they that they featured in the movie. It wasn't his family, but it was the person speaking on behalf of his family still had nothing bad to say. Okay. So, you know. I mean, it's terrible, but how many deaths happened that year on the road and why is his, and how many, how many deaths happened for those circumstances with a car going under a truck? You know, yeah. that's actually the, the bigger question is like when that happened, all the Europeans were like, how does that even happen in the United States? In Europe, we have this, you know, bar <laughs> across our tra the trailers that don't even allow that to happen. Yeah. You know, why is that? Ha why why can that even happen in the United States? And it's oh well, because the trucking industry doesn't want to add that bar because it's expensive. Yeah. You know, like so so why is it the Tesla death is the one that's you know focused on because it's yeah. sensational? I guess I don't know, yeah. but it's sad. But again, like I was saying earlier, like the family had nothing bad to say. And, you know, it did happen again, but how many times has it happened with other vehicles and why is Tesla the one right. that's out, you know? Exactly, exactly. What, um, walk me through what you felt 
when it was released and you saw your face in the documentary for the first time? What was that experience like? Um, well, okay. So it's funny because I, I, I called my friend, a friend. Did you have a watch party for this, by the way? <laughs> I, did. I, I, I had one friend over cause I didn't want to watch it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she is, has actually is the only person that has been with me, like in my beta videos of early ones, she was a, a passenger. Mm. Um, so she's seen me use beta. Um, I, okay, first of all, I thought the lighting was terrible. I thought, oh my God, I look horrible. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God. You look great. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I look terrible. Um, but it was, it was weird. I, I thought that they were fair to me, you know, given the overall tone of the movie. Sure. I thought that they were fair to me. Um, and, but I was, I was yelling at the TV like your wife sounds like she was yeah, um, yeah. through the whole thing. And it's interesting though, because your point to your point earlier, to people who don't know anything about Tesla that or or don't know much about it or don't really understand the technology. My friend who was watching with me, who is not a Tesla owner, she's been with me when I use beta, but she doesn't obviously really know the technology. She wa and she's also a producer, by the way, television mm. producer. So, so she has that lens that she's looking through, like how they, how they put together everything in the movie and the story that they were telling. She felt like it was fair as somebody who, somebody who doesn't know anything about Tesla or the technology, she thought it was a fair balanced piece. And I'm like, okay, but they left out all this stuff. Like if they had put that in there, how would your perception be different? You know? Mm -hmm. And but again, it's the line by omission. But um, yeah, it was it, it was weird seeing myself on television. Um, but I thought that I did okay. I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> no, I definitely think I, I I I would agree with that from my perspective too. I did think that you it, it was obvious that you were a proponent for the technology, that you were somebody who was who was at the very least, at least from what they showed, uh, was making a very clear and honest attempt at outlining exactly what the expectations are for the software, what the uh, expectations were laid out for you as a beta tester, what in what uh, sort of uh, confines the technology is supposed to be used, and like all all the things that are in my opinion, and you know, people are free to disagree, are clearly outlined by the company, <laughs> uh, yeah. is, is uh, you were trying to be the conveyor of that information. So, um, so I, I, that's, that's good to hear, at least that you felt like it, they, they conveyed you in, in, a, in a fair manner, even though you were within the context of something that was obviously trying to, at least in yeah. my opinion, trying to drive a certain narrative or cast doubt, again, FUD, right? It's cast a certain narrative around the technology. Uh, your friend, what, what was the, did she say why she thought it was fair? I'm curious, uh, did she mention uh, why she thought it was fair? Yeah. I, I think that from her perspective, they presented both sides. They presented my side, they presented John Neal's side, they presented the NHTSA and the NTSB and, mm -hmm. the, you know, friends of people who have died, you know. So I think that she just felt like all sides were represented, but she just didn't know because she doesn't know an, an, as much about the company and about the technology as we do. Um, what was left out, you know? So yes, they told a story, but they didn't tell the whole story. But mm -hmm. to her mind, she thought that they did tell the whole story. So mm -hmm. 
Okay. Was she, um, was there, and it's it's interesting because again, this is through a lens of somebody who's not like deep into the community like we are, was, um, like, was she aware that the things they were showing were from way years past, that this is uh, on technology that was clearly outlined as something that's not current? And it was also <laughs> obvious that it wasn't actually full self-driving or was it, uh, did she understand that or no? Like, was it clear? I I don't I don't know if she understood it. I told okay. her, um, okay. but no, I doubt that she or anybody would understand it. Yeah. I mean, I doubt that anybody would understand that AP1 is different from what we're using today. Yeah. Um, I doubt that. I, and I, I, I thought a lot about that point, just about how, um, how different it is and how they had to go back to the old crashes in order to make their point. Um, but I think that, you know, if you throw out everything mm-hmm. and just, I think that what their main focus was just the complacency mm. and, and that as this technology gets better, it will be easier for people to be complacent. And one of the things that I talked about in the interview that they did not put in there is that, look, you know, Tesla can just leave it at this level, you know, forever and just say it's level two, it's level two, it's level two. And the better that it gets, it, it it's still level two. And you can't be complacent because you have to have your hand on the wheel. You have to have some torque on the wheel. The camera is watching you. You know, like the, all they have to do is keep those safety, you know, nags in place and her, their point is moot. Right. You know, right. I mean, and I actually said that. I'm like, look, I can't be. And they filmed me showing how you can't be complacent, but they didn't put that in the movie. Mm. So, but the point, their point, I think is that it's going to lead to more accidents because people are going to be complacent, but they didn't put in the part where you really can't be complacent anymore. Their point was that Tesla could have done things earlier. And I actually do agree with that. I do believe that Tesla could have done things earlier with all the YouTubers that were, you know, getting in the backseat of their car for clicks and all this stuff. You know, that's what finally I think got Tesla to act was, you know, stuff like that. Mm. But, um, but again, I get back to personal responsibility. You know, you, you, Tesla can do all kinds of things and people are still going to find a way to cheat the system if they really want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah, I think, I think the, the pursuit of technological investments, I think, sometimes it appears that some folks may find a fear in that and and sort of uneasiness in that because when you are trying to build things for the future there are situations where it's scary it's just scary right i think i'm just talking this is my opinion it just appears that some people just view it as scary like oh this is this looks like this looks crazy I don't have to touch the wheel. What? Like I don't like it. Just does it itself. It's it it uh, uh, fills somebody with a sense of a, like dread and fear sometimes, right? It's, if they're viewing it from a certain lens. And I think the your point of personal responsibility and the fact that there could be potential complacency that comes out of the out of the systems, the better it gets. Like okay, that that's that's I can see that as a valid point. But at the same time, I think what's interesting is that there's this underlying sort of. Um, commentary almost that's hey like 
people might be too stupid to have this. Like we should put in controls or like don't use it because you're too stupid to use it. Like that's kind of the vibe I get. It's like there's always this underlying tone of, well, the, the population is just too dumb. Like, no, 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 they shouldn't do this. You know, like they're not going to be safe and worse things are going to happen and we shouldn't trust people to use it. We should just wait and have this thing 100% perfect, which I don't know how you do that unless you collect the data <laughs> from Correct. drivers driving. So, um, but I, I I, I get that sense as well. I don't know if you, if you felt that too, but it's, I mean, you talk about personal responsibility, but it's just that underlying tone of like, just the public might be too stupid to use this thing is also was something that I heard through the movie. Well, and it's, and it's also just ridiculous because look at all, look at all those stupid things that drivers are doing now without exactly. beta, you know, or without autopilot. You know, one of the questions they asked me that did not get into the movie, she's like, well, what do you do when the car's just driving? Like, what do you do? What do you do with your hands? What do you do with your feet? And I'm like, um, I monitor my surroundings. Um, I'm looking around at the scenery and uh, I'm, I'm looking at all the drivers that are around me texting and not paying attention to the road without autopilot on, yeah. you know? And I mean, so it's kind of a like, it's, you know, that's the whole thing about let's see the data, like let's see the data with autopilot versus not autopilot and complacency and accidents. Yeah. Which, which one has more accidents with autopilot right. FSD beta or without autopilot, without autopilot FSD beta. It's just a stupid argument. Yeah. 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 It, it, a responsible, I, I, I firmly believe, and I'm with you that a, a responsible driver behind a wheel of a car with either full self-driving with autopilot and even full self-driving at this point, I would argue an attentive driver using that system is more safe than an attentive driver using a regular car. And that's just like, that's what the data is, is appearing to show. And I have a hard time believing otherwise, because I have done I have done both and you've done both. And uh, many of us beta testers have done both. And I think that argument uh, of, well, it's 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 inherently unsafe, doesn't hold water under the assumption that if the driver is actually driving <laughs> and it's supposed to be paying attention, that if you have a system that aids you in that driving, how could that not make you safer? You know, safe of like, safe if you put an input into the car and the car doesn't listen to you. Like if you press the brake pedal and the system doesn't disengage, then we can have a discussion. Then we can have a conversation about this is an inherently unsafe thing. But if, right. if the car reacts to your inputs 100% of the time when you're paying attention, but the thing is aiding you in getting from point A to point B, how is that not safer? You know, and I, and I, and I, I'm waiting for the day where a, uh, a media company or some sort of uh, thing out there that has the budget of the New York Times or is partnered with Hulu that can come out and tell that story. <laughs> when is that going to happen? <laughs> right, Never, <right. laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, was there anything that you experienced? Was there so you mentioned a couple of questions that you know they asked you a question that they make it into the movie? Was there one glaring one that you haven't discussed yet that you talked about that didn't make it in that you haven't discussed yet, or or did you already mention it? Uh, I mean, I can't think of anything. I think I've mentioned, yeah, I think I've mentioned most of it. Like you know, just mm -hmm. about uh, you know that. The, the big one was that their point was that it's you get complacent, but my point was you can't be complacent. Like that was kind of the big one that they left out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as um, 
what, how are people reacting to this, like within your circles, uh, outside of the friend that, wa that watched it? Have you talked to anybody else uh, that has seen you in this movie and have they shared their thoughts? You know, it's, it's really funny. Um, I, I didn't do a lot of promoting of the movie before it came out, like, you know, putting links up, Hey guys, I'm going to be in this movie, watch it. Because I wanted to see it first, especially with the clickbait, um, you know, that was coming out leading up to it. It sounded like it was going to be actually worse than it was. I felt mm. like the, the, the leading, leading into it. I actually called the director. Um, we had a long conversation when the very first, um, clickbait started coming out. I'm like, you assured me that this was not going to be a hit on Tesla. And looking at this BS that's coming out ahead of the movie, it doesn't sound that way. And she's like, well, the people that are writing those headlines haven't actually seen the movie. And I was like, she's like, I feel like it's balanced and fair. And I, and let's talk after, you know, see what you think. I'm like, if you portrayed me as like some blonde bimbo who's like endangering people on public roads, I am going mm. to lose it, you know? Mm, mm. Um, but she, that isn't what happened, but that's what it seemed like was going to be, you know, coming. Um, but so I didn't broadcast it. Once mm -hmm. it was out, um, I put a link on Facebook. And uh, to, honestly, I haven't heard a word from anybody. I don't know if anybody watched it. Like mm -hmm. it's only the Tesla people that I'm like getting any kind of feedback from. And that's all been positive. But I mean, I haven't even heard from my mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Kids, like, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I I don't know if anybody's actually watched it. Yeah, so, yeah. That's one thing I've I've realized because I, it kind of like it came on on like it, it uh, season one or episode one came out and mm -hmm. then there was a a lot of discussion around it. We were on this Twitter space together where you described it as well for the Twitter folks that were on there. But then since then, it's just sort of like not been a thing and i think there's been a second episode that was released too which i, I haven't watched yet um i think is it, is it also about elon i got the impression that it like i got the impression that if it, it's a it's a series but that tackles a different um subject each time oh i i i just know there was a like when i pulled it up on hulu there was a season two episode one and it said elon's elon musk i mean i may have misread it i don't know but it okay. seemed like there was a second episode i could be wrong I could be uh, yeah. wrong, but, I um, but it did seem like it did seem like it kind of like the discussion around that movie died down relatively quickly, you know. So I it, so I'm wondering like what was there just um, was it marketed incorrectly? Are people just not interested in it? Is it too much of a like is it too much of a clickbait? And people are like, eh, I'm just sick and tired of like watching this stuff. I'm curious, like what what do you think happened? You know, I it, well a couple things. First of all. Not long after the movie came out, Elon announced that he was going to be hiring a legal team. Aha. Uh -huh. And um, I read an article that was interviewing Emma Schwartz, the director. And she, even she, like she was kind of speculating, like, was it in response to this movie? Mm -hmm. um, it could be part, part of that. Um, there are plenty of things that he could have lawyers over. Um, the Dan O'Dowd nut job in California is yeah. another one, you know, yeah. um, but it could be like, it could be any number of things not having to do with that movie, but that's kind of what she thought. So 
I found that interesting. I also find it interesting that like, I kind of, maybe it's, we're, we're biased, but I kind of felt like anything Elon Musk is going to generate um, interest, like that people seem to really want to consume anything having to do with Elon. Yeah. But it seemed like the, a lot of the community didn't want to watch it just because it was New York times and that it was negative and they're like, they, they're not going to give it a click or they're not going to give it a view. Um, but then like I read some comments on Twitter of, of people that don't like Elon and, and didn't like the movie and, or didn't like, they agree with the premise of the movie, let's just say. And, um, you know, like Tesla Q is like jumping on how like it's so unsafe on US whatever they can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this faux outrage. I'm, I have to call yeah. it faux because it just seems like, you know, they're like, it's so dangerous. And we're, none of us signed up for to be the guinea pigs of your beta testing and all this stuff. And it's like, OK, well, nothing's happened. So what? Show, show me the accidents and then I'll agree with you. But, you know, it's all like this manufactured outrage, it seems, because the data doesn't support it. Montana Skeptic um, tried to, you know, said that I was like the one of the worst. I saw that. You know, <laughs> we're the worst people in the world, like or whatever he said. I'm like, okay. I saw that. That's I right. Mean, buddy, you know, all right. Like, holy shit. It's yeah. so extreme. <laughs> Like, I mean, how you met Kim? Like, what the? F <laughs> <laughs> She's delightful. I don't know what you're talking. Wow. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, whatever. I forget I mean, about luckily, that. I have a thick skin. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's a great point about him. I, I oh, man, that, those timelines, I, I didn't even realize because well, you're right. They were super close together. So I wonder how much of the like the general meh. That appears to be because you would think, you know, if you would think it, this is the premise of the movie does make does make one think that, oh, my God, like this could be serious. But I wonder if the people that watched it were like, well, yeah, this was like four or five years ago. Like, OK, like, OK, cool. Like, I, I wonder I wonder how much of the people that watched it that were non Tesla Q, the, the, the general public, like what is the general public's reaction to this movie? And that's one thing that I'm very curious to learn more about. But I haven't like I haven't been able to find people that are like talking about this. Like, you know, I'll just be like, hey, have you watched this? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe the reach of the movie is, is not big enough. I have no idea. But that's fascinating to watch. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Um, and even the Tesla employees that they talked to, I think that the, the like the guy, the two engineers, one was like 2014, 2015, and the other one left in like 2016. Like, you know, was that still mobile? Like, what were they working on at that point? Exactly. You know? I mean, it's yeah. like. It's weird. And, and, and like, but did the viewer pick up on that? No, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know that it's like, you know, completely different than, you know, when those guys were at Tesla than it is now. Right. And some what, what they're working on now, you know, it's, yeah, they wouldn't know that. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is like for those two, there was one project manager that was there for four years, it seemed like. Then you have Nick Neal, who was the president and was there for a while before he went to, uh, it was a, a Lyft, I think. He went to Lyft when he, I was at the company while he was there. But okay. he left like, I think, a year after I, I joined. Um, 
but like it was 2014 or 2015 but is that like october 2014 or january 2015 you know what i'm saying like it, it was it was I, was I was curious to see what the timeline was um of those people and again like i i'm not gonna shit on these people like they have every right to convey whatever they feel like like this is what's beautiful about the sort of uh environment that we live in people are very uh welcome to share their opinions and what they think but then on yeah. the other side too <laughs> you'll have people like you and i they're like well okay i don't know <laughs> this doesn't yeah. seem right you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and unfortunately, you know, a, a current Tesla employee isn't going to talk to them, you know, number one, exactly. because they probably have a, a NDA, NDA, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, you know, so they can't really get the, 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 the good, the true story. Um, yeah. So, and, and even if they could talk to them, they wouldn't because, you know, we all know how Tesla feels about the media and, and right. good reason, you know, Neil Boudet, you know, I, I actually laughed out loud um, during part of the movie because Neil Boudet, who's I, I'm, I've actually have him blocked on Twitter um, because of he, he's he's creepy <laughs> and, okay. he, and and he um, like retweeted something from Aaron Greenspan, the you know wackadoodle who is constantly going after regular Tesla owners in in um, court. Yeah, he he had some conspiracy theory about Viv, um, who it actually ran her off Twitter, but um, you know about Viv working for Tesla, and um, you know is is she uh, she hasn't disclosed that, and so her tweets are somehow illegal, or I don't know what his point was, but Neil Boudet retweeted that, and I'm like Neil, she's like a twenty something year old girl, yeah. like why are you? furthering this she's she's so what if she works for tesla who cares you know yeah. like back when she she doesn't hardly tweet anymore you know and when she did she didn't work for tesla so like i don't get what your point is i actually messaged him and and said you've gone too far like this you're targeting like a young girl and this is weird anyway so neil i kind of look at him as like kind of a boomer you know like mm. doesn't he's the automotive reporter but he like doesn't really get, never has really gotten Tesla. Mm. And um, he made some comment in the movie about how Tesla removed the radar and that's a bad idea. Mm. And it's like, okay, Neil, you know, you AI expert, <laughs> let's hear why it's a bad idea. And he did it. He did not have anything to say other than, well, nobody else is doing it. So it's a bad idea. Right. And it's like, okay, well, so they left that out there. They left that hanging that this is like a terrible thing that Tesla got rid of radar, but then they didn't back it up with anything. You know, yeah. it, just, it made me laugh. I was like, okay, Neil, well, yeah, that's yeah. that's right. <laughs> Reading my analogy, like a perfect example of like, well, it's never been done this way, so it can't be done this way. I think what when they were discussing about like how, um, you know, there were people coming out with LiDAR and how much LiDAR is better and Tesla decided, like you said, like Tesla is using radar and then blah, blah, blah. And I remember looking at my wife and I'm like, brought to you by LiDAR. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder how totally. much they, uh, you know. <laughs> totally. Totally. How much influence they had on this thing. And like, like that's like, I, I try to be, you know, the, the last thing I want to be is like a conspiracy theorist person who thinks this whole thing is like driven by like 
influences and like people, but like, like there's a part of me that's like, okay, but like, like I know I understand you're trying to be balanced, but like where, where, where is the sort of scientific or the, the data that you have that's outlining the reasoning behind why, like you said, why is this not a good idea? Why is this not a good decision? So I'm just saying, yeah, it's just, you know, they didn't do this and LIDAR can do a better job. Ooh, I wonder what's wrong here. You know, that was, that, yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. Please. That that reminds me of another thing that they didn't mention in the movie, <laughs> okay. um, because they asked me, you know, my my opinion on this. And I was like, well, look, I'm not I just drive my car like I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. Um, but, you know, and this kind of also ties into Elon and his timelines. Um, I said, you know, a lot of companies are working on this with LIDAR, with all these things, contraptions all over their cars, and they haven't solved it yet either. You know, so it's a hard problem. And, you know, I don't think that, um, I don't think that you can say that theirs is the right approach because they're still working on it too. Like, so who's to say that theirs is the correct approach and Tesla's isn't, you know, it's, um, you know, just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean that it's the wrong way to go. And I think that um, the whole AI solving AI is like a different, like it's taking it to a different level than it was originally when Tesla started. Like, it just yeah. doesn't seem like that was something that they ever really talked about with AP one, exactly. you know, it's like, this is like, got this problem is like solving real world AI, yeah. you know, so who's to say you have to have all that other crap on your car. If right. you know, that's another thing that they, that they said in the movie, one of, I think it was not Neil Boudette, but the other reporter cat cats, whatever his name was, Katie, I, whatever. Anyway, he said, well, yeah, you can use eight cameras for eyes, but you don't have the brain. And oh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's what they're Working building. <laughs> on the brain. They're building the brain. Like, so, okay, next yeah. argument, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, are you serious? That's exactly what they're doing. I know. It's like yeah. the, 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 it's fallen victim to the fact that when you have a company like Tesla that's moving so damn fast, where two years is it 10 years? I think the yeah. development cycle of the movie as well, like that's another thing, like the, the, how long it took to, well, let me ask you this question. When did they contact you? How, how long ago was it that they contacted you for this thing? November, we filmed in November. December. Came out in okay, May. so it was a yeah. relatively quick turnaround time. Okay, yeah. huh. But you know, one of the things that I also mentioned in the movie about LIDAR, radar, blah, 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 is, um, you know, if you Google, AI, uh, autonomous vehicle accidents, not AI, autonomous AV accidents. There's a list and none of them are Tesla. Mm -hmm. And there's been one death and it was an Uber, I believe, an Uber, uh, that actually ended their program, I yeah, believe. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a couple uh, of years ago, right? Maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, like it that. was longer. I, I want to okay. say it was 2018. Okay. Yeah, I think. You look it up, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was 2018. Um, I mean, most accidents on, 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 um, full self-driving are low speed, you know? So if, if it's going to be something, it's going to be that. Um, yeah. and I actually tried to show when I had them in my car, like how cautious 
Um, I think that that was like the number one thing Tesla did was like, don't hit anybody. Yeah. <laughs> don't hit a pedestrian, don't hit a cyclist, like, you know, don't hit anybody. And, and it's like super cautious, um, I think because of that. But at any rate, um, yeah, there have been accidents on uh, with, the, with the AV and it's going to happen um, as you develop, uh, you know, as you get more miles in. Um, but none of them so far have been a Tesla. So right. next argument. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are you still in contact with the showrunners? Do you still talk to them at all or no? No. I mean, if I wanted to reach out to Emma Schwartz, the director, I could, um, or yeah. the or producer, I forget her name. Um, but I, I haven't, I haven't bothered. I mean, okay. I, I, she told me to reach out to her after I saw the movie, if I still had any concerns. And I was fine with the way that they treated me, but um, I just didn't feel like it was even worth it to have a discussion with her about hmm. the about the the direction of her film because it's what's done is done. And she yeah. Knows it, so do you, do you feel like I mean I mean this is a hypothetical almost like psychological question, but do you feel like it was an honest attempt by them to be as fair as humanly possible, or do you feel like there was a biased approach. And if you don't feel comfortable answering that question, that's fine. No, I mean, I, I think it was totally biased. Um, yeah, I think that I think that they had a story that they wanted to tell and they told it because they left out a lot of stuff that would have um, that would have negated what they were saying. You know, it's like, yeah, like you can't you can't as a Tesla owner, you can't watch that movie and not think it's biased just because of the fact that they had to drudge up old stuff and that they didn't have anything current to support their opinion. So yeah. there, I, I don't know why. I, maybe it was for click. I don't think that there was necessarily like an agenda like beyond the director and and the and the production crew. I, I don't think that anybody from the outside was like, ooh, let's tell this bad story about Tesla. I think that okay. they wanted to tell this bad story and that they did. And and they um, you know, they did it the only way that they could, which was to um not be truthful. You know? Yeah. Do you think and, and we'll, we'll start switching gears to different topics here, but I'm curious is kind of like tied to this. There's been a lot of discussion around uh Tesla having a PR department. Um, mm. And I'm actually having somebody on tomorrow, Alexandra from the Tesla community, who's a, uh, it's the first time I want to meet her. I was excited. She's, she, she's hit me on, on a TM. She's like, hey, like, you know, we might differ on a lot of opinions. Like, you know, are you comfortable with that? I'm like, dude, I love it. Like, let's go. Like, it's going to be amazing. She's like, oh my God, that's awesome. So, but uh, that it sort of implanted that PR discussion in my brain, which is uh, I've, I've always, I've always thought of PR as a, a necessary thing if your company's doing something wrong where you're trying to change the narrative, okay? That's, that's how I think of PR. It's just damage control. It's like company's doing something bad, but you want people to think that it's not bad, okay? In the case of Tesla, you know, I'm not saying they're perfect, but generally, generally, I think that the company makes the right decisions. OK, mm -hmm. so in my opinion, I'm trying to figure out, OK, is PR really needed? Because that's becoming a very big discussion, especially as, as the company gets larger. What are your opinions around Tesla having a PR department, uh, especially as you went through the sort of, you know, you've been full self-driving for a long time now. You follow the company. You've been part of this documentary. You've seen all the craziness that's been happening lately, all the FUD years, 2017, 2018, 2019. 
Seems like we're resurfacing again. Um, what are your opinions around PR for Tesla? You know, I, I, I have gone back and forth on this and I, I, I still go back and forth on it. I think that, I think that PR department is something that mature companies have. You just, you, you have to have it. Like it's, it's a necessary evil maybe. Um, just, and I think in Tesla's case, because there's so much FUD, I think that they could have a person just dedicated to constantly shooting all the FUD down, you know? I, I kind of feel like Elon is a little petulant in the way that he deals with the media or doesn't deal with the media. Um, I get why, I get why he's like that. I, I get his whole like bullying thing and his reactions and the psychology behind like maybe why he, he acts the way that he does with the media. But, you know, that the recent story about the 10% the layoff is a good example of, you know, Elon could have addressed that in a tweet himself. Um, did he realize what was going on with with that story and the stock price and the and the you know fud that it, it created, um, or did he not care? Does does he feel like oh well the truth's going to come out and it did like the next day? Um, but you know it just would have been so easy for a PR department to set the record straight on that you know and and it not become like this huge thing that it became for, for the short period of time, I guess, that it, that it did. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, um, you know, there's so much, Tesla has so much FUD that coming at it at all times. Their point is, even when we had the PR department, there was still the FUD and, and they're right. It was like that. Um, but I still think that it's a, something that mature companies have and that Tesla's not a, a startup anymore and they kind of need to, you know, act like a, a grown-up company now. And mm -hmm. that includes having a PR department. My company has a PR department and it's not always to shoot down the bad stuff. Sometimes they have a PR department to push good stuff, even if it's BS, you know, um, just, you know, I mean, Tesla kind of, I feel like Elon does that with Twitter and that's the PR and, you know, but I, he, I think that it needs to be a little more uh, coordinated than that, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm on the same boat as you. I think, I think the approach of the truth will come out approach. I get it. And it's yeah. powerful, you know, and I think that's, that's, and then that's one thing that Elon's been open about. Like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's in the end, he, he, he wants to be a truth teller. And the reason why he is the way he is, is because he's obsessed with truth. You know, at least the way he's, he's communicated that, which, um, I tend to believe him because he comes across as a, as a truthful person. So I, mm -hmm. I believe him when he says that, um, mm -hmm. now with the luxury of time, that could be a, a winning formula over the long term if if you really bank on that. But mm -hmm. I think the question becomes how much of your um, fan base, people that follow your company, your investors, what is their um, patience and willingness to put up with the craziness that comes their, the, the way of the thing that they're passionate about? Like mm -hmm. how much patience do they have to wait that out? And is that potentially going to become a black eye where you're, you know, you see all these things coming out and, and all these attacks, and then you feel like you're kind of in, on an island trying to defend the company. You almost feel like responsible <laughs> to be like, no, 
don't like even like I'm not saying like we're doing this because we feel like we have to fight FUD for Tesla. No, this is just a good conversation to have. And and it's I, I, I'm fun, I mean, having a lot of fun doing it. So that's why I'm doing it. And I like talking to you. So it's fun, you know. But I wonder like the longer they go without PR, I wonder if there's going to be this dynamic where the fan base or the investor base is somehow going to feel like they are somehow responsible for fighting the FUD on behalf of Tesla. And if they're going to be sort of burned out by it, like, have you thought about that at all? Like long, long term? And I don't know if I'm thinking about this right, but like, that's the kind of thought process that I go through is that if he decides to go long term with this no PR approach, I wonder if the population is going to feel responsible to fight it for Tesla and be like, okay, well, but why are we doing this? Like, this is crazy. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? You know, when I first came to, t to Twitter, that's exactly what I found myself doing. Um, you know, I came, I, I had a Twitter account long before I actually started using it. I actually started using it in 2016 when um, I was waiting for my model three, you know, I, I, I put in my, my order and I went to Twitter cause that's where Elon was and I just wanted any any news. We were hanging on every little tidbit about the Model Three back then. And what I what I found when I got there is that there was this you know bud war going on with the short sellers, and there were a whole bunch of us that kind of arrived at the same time and found ourselves in this bud war. Um, that's when I met Earl actually was way back then. Um, you know, front, and a lot of, the front puppy. Yeah, Earl. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, you know, there's a big group of us, Kristen, K10, like all of us kind of got there uh, around the same time. And um, that's exactly what we were doing was fighting this FUD. We were like, wait, wait, this is like, no, this is, this is not true. And I, I will say that, so that was 2016. So six years ago, and I still fight the FUD, but not nearly to the, uh, level that I did back then. So yeah. I guess maybe I did get a little bit tired of it, but other people have come in to take over, you know? So I just kind of feel like the company has a mission. The company has a good mission. People believe in it. And so people are going to stand up for it. You know, yeah. that's how the internet is, you know, and then there's going to be people that hate Tesla because for whatever reason, um, part of it, I think, is the media and they're clinging on to the negative thing that they saw, you know, five years ago. And they still because Tesla has no PR department is that they still believe it. You know, like a good example is that accident that happened in Texas where the sheriff said that there was nobody behind the wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good example. We actually talked about that in the movie too, but that didn't make it in. Um, really good example of, um, you know, how a PR department maybe could have helped in that situation. Because all of us on Twitter were like, wait a minute, that's not possible. It's not possible that that happened because autopilot doesn't work, you know, on that road unless you have FSD beta and that car didn't have it. And it doesn't go that fast. It doesn't go that fast over the speed limit, you know, that much of the speed, you know, it, there were just so many ways that we were explaining that that was not possible, but it never made it into any of the media articles about it. Um, they were just listening to that sheriff that said there was nobody behind the wheel. And even when the NTSB released their preliminary report, which was that video camera, like a ring or something on the front of that house, saw the guy get behind the wheel and drive away. Right. And the car crashed like less than 10 seconds later, I think. 
Yep. You know, so obviously it was a zero to 60 stunt gone wrong. I mean, that was like so obvious to anybody that knew anything about the system, but that's not what got reported and it never even got corrected. And even if it had gotten corrected, nobody would nobody would have paid attention to it because they're still clinging on to the clickbait. Tesla could have shot that down like, you know, in a blog post or like something, but they didn't do it. You mm. know, and some people still believe that. Mm. They still believe that, you mm. know? Yeah, I, I think maybe the calculation that the and I'm trying to put my like my shoes and the the shoes of Elon in some way, but it's like I wonder is like okay, at what point like is the formula once the demand is materially impacted by the FUD, the, mm-hmm. at that point I put a PR department in and maybe the thought and I'm not excusing no PR, I'm just kind of like trying to think the yeah. way he would think, and it's like I have a year long backlog, uh, yeah. I literally can't slow it down fast enough. Right. Like inflation's at an all time high. Like, okay, don't buy the car. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, like what, because it is, it is, it is a very, you know, Tesla and these companies do things that are very, uh, um, innovative and, and new and never done before. And of course that applies to something like not having PR. I mean, when I work there as in the distribution network with a distribution in a very different way uh, that I can't talk about, sorry, but mm-hmm. it's it's very unique, right? But, um, and, and of course that not having a PR is gonna fall within that sort of baseline. But I wonder how much of that is like, I just literally there's no need for it because it's gonna directly impact demand and I don't, care to slow down or uh, speed up demand because I literally have too much, like there's just too much. And I wonder if that's an incorrect, if that's a false uh, connection to make, because in the end that could turn out to be a problem because those those people are going to be so um, set in their way of Tesla bad that you're going to run out of demand and then all of a sudden you have a cliff, right? So I don't know if that could be a possibility. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think that you're right. I mean, they, they're selling every car that they make and they can't make them fast enough. So you're right. Like how much is the PR department going to affect that? I do think that it could help with the mission though. And just, you know, the, the EV in general FUD, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, putting out positive um, messages about renewable energy and about batteries and about solar and just all this stuff, you know, it can, it could be used for good and about the mission in general, not just Tesla. Um, there's a lot of, of misinformation out there and a lot of people that don't understand how an EV, what, what it's like to own an EV, you know, yeah. they, could be, they could be talking about that a lot more than they do. We're doing it for them, you know? Right. I mean, part of the reason I, I am uh, known on Twitter is for my road trips. And part of the reason why I do that and I, and I tweet about it is because I want people to see that it's not hard to do. And then just, what was it, yesterday, the day before yesterday, there's a fun article in the Wall Street Journal about somebody who went on a road trip in, in a non-Tesla EV. Yeah, you know, things like that could be, you know, talked about more by a PR department. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's literally that, that, that's that article came into my, my mind. And I'm like, if you, if you had a Tesla, you wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah. you would not have that, this problem. Yeah, yeah man. It's a, it's an interesting point where we're at because Tesla has matured so much as a company that now, um, 
you know, I have a theory that I think the the deeper, and I, I know this is probably shared by you and many others, but the deeper we go into Tesla's domination, the FUD's only going to get uglier and uglier, especially if we're in this situation now where uh, with a recession potentially looming and ICE cars obviously falling off a cliff, either because of supply chain or whatever you want to call it, that mm -hmm. sort of cliff that we've talked about that's coming where ICE is going to go away and EV is not going to be able to have enough supply because of the supply chain has to catch up. Yeah. Um, you're going to have a lot of desperate entities that are going to try their hardest if they can't get themselves up to speed to where they are, they're going to try to slow everything else down so that mm -hmm. they are able to survive. So how ugly is it going to get at that point, you know? And how much more could that be an indication for Tesla needing some sort of um, tool set, like a PR department or whatever else, that's going to help it navigate through that? What's surely be, what's surely going to be a a um, if anything, a something they've never faced before, which is not so much um, trying to pass fear because they want Tesla to fair, fail, but passing on fear because they are trying to survive. And I feel like that's a very different sort of connotation to that behavior. It's like if you're you're like, like basically happening. It's already so, so happening. one more time. Sorry. I feel like that's already happening. Okay. I mean, it's been happening in in my opinion. Um you know, every time I read an article that's, you know, talking about how EVs are just as dirty as gas cars, like who, who's, who is, who is putting forth that FUD? You know, mm -hmm. is it the fossil fuel industry? Is it the automobile, auto, auto industry? I mean, I feel like there's already that FUD has been going on. It's just trying to slow down the inevitable. Like I felt, I felt that since I started, since I got my Tesla in 20, first one in 2015, that I felt that way. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to continue now. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, like the legal team being in place, I wonder if that's how much of that is trying to prevent the root of the problem from appearing in the first place so they don't have to have PR as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked about briefly. I wonder if that's his like attempt of being like, well, let me try this first. Let me yeah. try to like discourage everyone for even trying to make this stuff happen. And if mm -hmm. that doesn't work, then maybe we bring back PR. So I wonder if that's like step one, you know? I don't know. Yeah to be in their shoes. I wonder if I can get one of the lawyers on here. Impossible, it's gonna be impossible, we'll try. Um, let's talk about how you got into FSD in the first place. So uh, walk us through what, what, so how long you've been an owner, how Tesla reached out, or what, what was that sort of um, relationship like to get you started as one of the OG, uh, really that first group of what, 20 or 30 that got full self-driving in the public, right? I think there were, I think there were 15 of us. Wow, exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys get like a badge or something, or like a medal <laughs> or like some sort of swag? You should have. No. Damn. Come on, Elon. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, so I've been an owner since 2015. I had a, a Model S. Um, my ex-husband actually still has that car. It's still it's still on the road. Um, but then I got my Model 3 in, in 2018. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure how I got FSD beta, but I think that it was because I met the guy that decided who got nice. it um, at a um, at like a get together that um, Eli Burton and Enwar Beck uh, had um, before I think it was battery day. So we, we had like a little get together, um, a bunch of people were there. And, you know, the, the, the whole FSD beta program kind of came to be because of the owner's clubs. Um, the owner's club presidents were kind of talking with the guy. His name was William, who was in charge of owner's clubs at that time. 
and William was at this party. And so it just so happened that I got it and K-10, who was also at the party, Kristen, got it. Um, and then everybody else that got it was either um, an owner, owner's club president, or someone that uh, they designated. Like if they didn't have FSD on their car, like somebody in their club that had it, they chose. I think that that's what happened in the very beginning. I didn't know... Like there was, I think um, it was John, uh, Tesla owner, Silicon Valley, who got it first. He was the very first person. And he went on that ride with Raj and it was on, you know, on YouTube and, and Twitter and everybody was talking about it. And then I don't know how much time went by. It was just a couple of weeks when they said that they were going to give it, like start giving it to other people. I, I think Elon tweeted about it or somebody at Tesla, I think it was Elon tweeted about it. And I tweeted, um, I think that I should get it because I'm a woman and there's not a lot of women and it's all guys. And, you know, yeah. and, you know, uh, everybody knows who I am on, on Twitter or whatever. And little did I know that had I just checked my email, I was already invited. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't checked my email. And like later that night, I was like, oh my God, it's been here since 10 o'clock this morning or, you know, whatever. Um, but That's yeah. Yeah. So and what they did back then was we like there was a process where you, you got the email. You said, yes, I want it. Yes, please give it to me. And then you got a call from a Tesla uh, autopilot engineer, basically. People I don't think that are used to talking to customers, <laughs> you know, sure. called me and uh, and said, uh, okay, do you agree that you're, you know, going to pay attention and that it's going to, you know, it might do something unexpected and you have to be ready at all times. And we're like, yep, okay, I agree. And then boom, you got it. It was sent to your car. Like that was the process at the time. Wow. Um, but you had to talk, like first you got an email, then you got a phone call. Like that was how it went for the first 15 of us. And then the, the groups after that, they did the same thing up until a certain point. And then they just didn't do the phone call anymore, but we had an NDA. We like, we weren't supposed to talk to, we had no rules basically other than we weren't supposed to talk to the media and we weren't supposed to give ride-alongs to the media or, um, like uh, other agents, I think was the, the wording. And we mm. weren't supposed to live stream. Like those were the only rules that we had. Um, and, it, and they didn't say don't post anything negative, you know, but th what they did say was, just be mindful that what you post can be used to hurt Tesla by people right. that wish Tesla to fail, you know? So anyway, that was, that was it. And I, I posted the positive and the negative, you know, cause I just post drives. Like I don't edit anything. I just like, here, here's, here's the drive that I did. I don't cut anything out. Um, that said in the beginning, you know, it was so bad that you, I just was posting clips <laughs> because there was sure. nothing. Because it was so annoying. Actually, I wasn't even on YouTube at the time. Um, and I'm still really not. Like, I'm not very good with YouTube. But um, but I was just posting little clips. And, you know, here's something cool that I did. Or here's something that it didn't do. And I want it to do. You know, let's mm -hmm. let's fix this. Like, kind of thing. But mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah, so then, that was early days. <laughs> what day was that? What, what was the date where you were um, included in the FSD beta? It was October, uh, just, uh, I think it was like mid, mid to late October of 2020. Okay. So yeah. you've been a beta tester for a while for, for a hot minute here. So yeah. a year and what, eight months, something like that, yeah. nine months. Yeah. A long time. 
Um, so now fast forward to uh, June 6, 2022. Okay. Uh How Mm -hmm. do you feel about the progress so far? You know, it's interesting because they had to start over, right? Like when they got rid of radar, they had to basically chuck everything and start all over again and start rewriting it again. So you felt like they, there, you, I felt like they had gotten to a certain point and then it just wasn't really getting any better. And then they chucked everything and kind of felt like we had to start over again. Like some things that it had was able to do with the radar system and now it's not able to do. And, you know, we're kind of, I felt like start, we started over. So I'm still waiting for that exponential, you know, to happen. Um, I think we're told that it's going to happen or we were the, under the impression that we were going to see a lot more faster rate of progress once it went to single stack and dojo and all this stuff. Then Elon kind of walked back dojo. Is it not being at that necessary? Um, I think that it's the like when the labeling gets faster and better, then we're going to start seeing um, an exponential growth. For me personally, like my test route I haven't seen much progress other than creeping. It's better at creeping now, but I have some areas that it just cannot get. And I'm like, you know, I've been testing this in this spot for a year and a half or, you know, 19 months or whatever it is. And it's still not fixed. Like, and so that's annoying to me that, that things are still not fixed in my area that said, like my, my roads are crazy, you know, and, you know, maybe they're concentrating on the normal roads and, you know, the, the more edgy road edge case roads, like what I have will come later, you know, supposedly the next update, uh, 10.13, I guess it's going to be, or mm-hmm. yeah, is going to be, uh, all cameras, no map data. Like, I think a lot of what my problem is has to do with map data. So maybe mm. when that happens, I'm going to see a big difference, you know. But um, it's it's interesting, though, because the way that the improvements come, they're so tiny. Like, it might just be the simple act of it getting a turn smooth that it used to struggle through. Those things get better over time, little by little. And then you look back and say, gosh, I can't remember like all those things that it used to do that were bad, you know, because it's it's yeah. such a, a slow progression of things that get, get better. Um, the creeping, though, for me is like a big, big um, improvement that I have seen. And and I have so many almost all my turns in town require creeping because of how tight everything is in Newport. And so I have noticed like that is made my drives much, much, much more pleasant um, in town, you know, out of town. It's actually awesome already. Like on normal roads, it's actually really good. It's almost to like autopilot on the highway level of good. If I had nothing but roads like that to drive on, I could have lots of disengagement free drives. I've had disengagement free drives from my house to Boston, Mm. you know, which is both autopilot and FSD beta. But um, but yeah, so and that was not remotely possible when we first got it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I do feel like I, I get glimpses of 
it doing the right thing. And I know that it can do it. It just has to do it every time. That's something I said in the movie, actually, it, it just needs to do it every single time. So you see it, do it. And you know that it can be done. It just doesn't do it every time. But yeah, I think it's, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to be there. It's going to just take time. Yeah. And so, so Newport, Rhode Island, right? That's where, that's where you're going to, that's where your roads are, where you're local yeah. to. Um, yeah. And so you've kind of talked about, and so the reason why there's a lot of creeping is because there's a lot of blind uh, turns into streets, right? The way that yeah, the a lot of streets, a lot of, um, you know, it's a colonial town and the, and the houses are like literally on the sidewalk. You know, there's my house, my house is directly on a corner where I have to creep out to see, you know, to turn on onto my out of my driveway, you know, um, almost every turn in the old part of town is is like that. Um, I have just to get out of my neighborhood, I have to make three blind lefts just to get onto my test route. You know, so uh, or two, maybe it's two. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just very, very challenging. A lot of the roads are so narrow that um, only one car they are two way roads, but only one car can go at a time. So my car has to share with the oncoming traffic. And it's like kind of a, a dance. Right. The same with with creeping. It's, it's like a choreography, like it just has to get the timing right. And it doesn't always get it right. But it, a lot of times it does, you know? So what were the circumstances that were different this time versus last time? And why did it fail this time versus last time? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a lot of the roads are so narrow that the car folds in the mirrors as it's driving down past parallel parked cars. It yeah. does it automatically. It folds them automatically. That's uh -huh. cool. They didn't know yeah. I did that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like your, your use case. Um, it sounds challenging to drive in as a person. It is. <laughs> It, yeah. it actually is like, yeah. yeah, a lot of humans have a hard time driving in Newport. Yeah. And I think about like when I used to drive the Model S around town, I mean, that thing is a land yacht, right? Yeah. It's huge. And I can't believe that I was driving that thing on these roads. You know, I would love to have a cyber truck, but oh my God, I can't even. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. That'd be awesome. You'd probably be the yeah. only cyber truck driving around Newport in that case. <laughs> Like, yeah. what's this crazy lady doing? <laughs> Driving this <laughs> giant thing. They do it. They have like, you know, right. the construction workers. I don't, I just don't, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I oftentimes like when, when I watch like a, say a bus driver or something or a, like an 18 wheeler going through like these roads, I'm like, this is the hardest job on earth. I cannot believe you're doing this. And they're like, just whipping it, you know, like going through. I'm like, wow, man, I'm so impressed. I it's mean, so that, crazy. That literally is not possible in a lot of right. roads. Like right. they, they can't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think your use case, uh, you watch uh, Chuck Cook's uh, YouTube channel with his like unprotected left turns. Um, I, I don't watch all of his videos, but yes, I've yeah. seen some of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's I watched. He's got like a very special use case. Sorry. He has a very special use case where it's like three wide both sides unprotected left turn with a little median in the middle and and i've and i've watched him here and then i'll watch his latest one on 10 12 too and um i feel like once his stuff is cleaned up and he's said yep this is great and then your stuff is cleaned up we're like yep this is great i feel like that is go for full self-driving because i'm trying to figure out like what are other like in, in my in austin uh where i'm at there, there's a lot of construction in downtown and like my latest video i highlighted that where there's just like, like there's just cones randomly in the thing. And then their guy will just appear in a work zone. Like it's just laid out 
I don't even know how people get around it sometimes. I'm like, how, like, where am I supposed to go? Like, I don't even understand. There was one video, literally I, I made it and there were just cones randomly laid out and people are just like, what are we supposed to do here? You know, it's the you know, weirdest it, thing. It's, it's funny because, um, I drove to Austin for mm -hmm. the, um, for the, the cyber rodeo. Yeah. And so I used FSD beta in Austin and we had just gotten, um, I think it was, God, what, what was that update? Maybe 10.11? Yeah, 10.11.2 may have been. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We had just done something. Like literally I got it while I was um, on the road and I was driving a lot with Chuck Cook because Chuck had flown in and he didn't have a car. So I was kind of his chauffeur. And um, it was the first time that Chuck had ever experienced beta as a passenger first of mm. um, And it, it was my first time driving beta in Austin, obviously. And it was awful. Yeah. Like it was really bad. It was, it was missing turns. It was like not following the map at all. Like just blowing, you know, not following the navigation. And I was like, wow, this is really bad. And Chuck <laughs> was like, I've never experienced something this bad, <laughs> like, bad, you know, and I was like, see, now when I'm like, because we're in a chat, you know, like the, the some of the beta testers are in like a, a, a Twitter chat. And when we get a new version, we'll talk with each other about, you know, what our experience is with this particular version. And I was putting in there, yeah, uh, Chuck, Chuck might not have believed me, except that he uh, experienced it himself, you know, yeah. it's, it's so interesting, though how different it can be for different users, um, not only in the same city, even like it can be completely different. Like so yeah. two people in Miami can have totally different experiences driving on the same roads. Your roads are different than my roads. Um, you have all those like side roads that go along the side of the weird. Yeah. 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 Like that's a Texas thing. Yeah. Um, and beta like doesn't always get that does di didn't always get it um you know i found when i was driving all over texas not just austin yeah. um we picked the wrong lane lane choice was like a real issue um because that's not something that's normal you know right but that's what makes tesla i think so i mean everybody says this but their approach is so much better than the other companies because they're getting all of these crazy crazy you know situations yeah that um aren't just in san francisco or in phoenix or you know wherever these other companies are are, are geofencing their um <laughs> their testing yeah you know we're getting all these different use cases yeah i think i think it's going to be hard to hard to argue that once like once Tesla has all the data it needs, it has such a clear advantage versus everyone else because everyone else is banking hardcore on the roads that they're mapping to stay static. And right. as soon as those roads change, you have to remap everything. And at the scale of, say, the United States, good luck. Good luck with that. You yeah. know, you may you may be able to only offer it in five cities, you know, and that might yeah. be 5% of the population and you might be happy with that. That's great. But the other ninety five percent, yeah, you kind of need the approach that Tesla's taking. There was um, so I took my car out. What was it? Saturday? What they said it Monday? Yeah, Saturday, uh, to uh, test twelve two, and 
so we have a part of a I-35 in Austin where it's it's two levels for whatever reason. There's a 35 that gets you from 16th to 22nd, and then there's another part that takes you from 1st to 16th or to whatever. The other way. Anyway, it's double stacked, right? And the car didn't know if it was up top or below, so it kept navigating as if it was up top, as if it was below, but I was actually up top. And it kept trying to like exit a, a thing and it couldn't find it, so I kept going straight. But then the problem was is that the the off ramps and the on ramps were super close to the highway, so yeah. it constantly thought it was in the in a different place. So literally, and I was trying to get to the University of Texas Austin campus, and I was just in a death loop until the battery was gonna run out. Like literally it was just going around and, 30, and 35 is a freaking disaster during rush hour, you know? Yeah. So I was like, huh, this is, uh, this sucks. Cause if you're a passenger, like you'll never get to your destination. You'll just run out of battery and be left on the side of the road. You know, if there was a full self-driving situation. So I do think that the navigating without maps is to me, I think it's gonna fix a lot of problems from that perspective, especially yeah. if they're able to read signs. That's one thing that I think would be awesome is if they're able to like literally read the sign like a human would and you know interpret the letters into words. There's technology that does that already today. So if I we think, can somehow I think it does that. I think it's doing that now. Like, like I don't know exit signs? Yeah. The reason why I think that is because when when they got rid of the radar, several things changed. With, with the behavior of beta. One of the things that changed was the auto high beams. And if you notice, it goes to high to read a sign at night. Mm. Like at first I was like, why is my car, like oncoming traffic must think that I'm nuts because mm. my high beams keep going off, on, off, on, off, on. And Kristen was the one that pointed out it's doing it to read the sign. And then I started paying attention to it and it was, it, that's when it does it, is when it's coming up on a sign. I don't know what Tesla's doing with that data. If it's just collecting it to, you know, train for, for when they flip that switch to, to read the signs, but I think it's already doing it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That makes so sense. Yeah. So pay attention next time you're driving at night when the, when the auto high beams come on. Yeah. I was wondering, like, cause I, I did encounter that sometimes where I'm in the back road and there's a car in front of me and then it's like, I'm just going to flash the, it, it seemed like, what are you doing? You evil car. Like the poor guy is like literally, yeah. but they didn't click with me. It's like, oh, maybe there was a speed sign on the right and it's trying to see it clearly to, whoa, okay. I'm going to have to look for that next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good call. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to solve a lot of, I think, I think it's to your point, I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty big improvement um to to a lot of the things that are that are happening that are uh sort of challenging for the system and i do wonder at some at what point like at, at some point i think they released and they released a bunch of like a hundred thousand people over the weekend or something like they added a yeah, bunch of people it. yeah they expanded they it to one hundred thousand. i think it was at like 80 or so okay so they added twenty thousand more yeah i think okay. I mean, I think Elon had said before that they had 100,000 button pushers or total, okay. like you know, people who had requested it. I don't know how many of those had it versus were waiting to get it. But he said yeah. something about he said that number, 100,000 in a tweet not long ago. Gotcha. So I think that um, I don't know if that means that everybody that pushed the button is getting it. But, mm. you know, about the maps, it's funny it kind of reminds me of the whole neil boudet made me laugh out loud with getting rid of the radar and why is that mm. a bad idea 
Tesla is like, we're having all these problems with maps. So let's just get rid of them. (laughs) We're having problems with radar, get rid of it. You know, and it's so like completely 180 different from what every other company is doing, which is relying on maps. Yeah. You know, Tesla's like, no, we're just not going to use them at all because they're unreliable. You know, we're going to build our system around that. It's like crazy how their approach is just completely different. And it's, it's the only, I feel like it's, what's the argument for the opposite where you don't have to map every single thing at all times and for it to be as flexible as humanly possible. That is, it's, I mean, like just from that perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. Is it going to be extremely, extremely difficult and it's going to require a lot of time and data and potentially a lot of uh, redoing of the underlying system to get there? I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you know, Elon keeps saying he's confident about level four this year, RoboTaxi next year. Okay. Like, great. But we'll see, you know, and I'm curious to hear your opinions about, I saw you shake your head. No, but I'm curious like to hear your opinions about that, but I don't know if there's any other way, but do you think it's going to happen level four later this year or with taxi next year? I mean, in Newport, Rhode Island. No, I don't think in Newport, Rhode Island. I I do think that, I do think that yes. Um, you know, in, in, I bet, you know, Austin might be one of the first places where they turn it on because of the headquarters there. Um, you know, it's, I really don't want to believe Elon (laughs) because, because I feel like when you do, when you hold him to his timelines, that's when you get disappointed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I feel like they must know something that we don't know for, you know, the, the AI day part duh is coming up soon. You know, what are they going to show there? You know, are they going to show um, a Tesla bot that's working? Like they pushed it back because, you know, Elon said that it might be working by then, right. you know, so if it's working, that that has a direct impact on FSD beta. That's what it's all about. Right. Is, yeah. is, um, you know, getting the AI fix solved. So, you know, uh, I, I would love for that to be true, but where it is today, it's hard to imagine that it's going to be level four by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, we only have six months or so left in the year, seven months left in the year. It just doesn't seem likely to me, but, um, but maybe that exponential thing is going to happen real soon. And then I'm going to, you know, uh, like the slow rate of progress that it's been for this year and a half is going to seem, you know, like nothing, uh, like, like that, that's the new growth rate is going to be like, Oh, you know, eight, 18 months in a week. Who knows? Right. Right. You know, I, that would be great. I do think, I do think it's realistic in, in certain areas. So like, for, for example, full self-driving when I was, when I lived in Pennsylvania, um, was better at that stage than Austin was up until the last version. And then this current version, I would say it's even. And Pennsylvania was like over a year ago for me because I had it as an employee before it sort of rolled out to the public. So I've been seeing it sort of progress as well. So I do think, I think in my opinion, RoboTax is realistic in certain markets. I think like to your point, Austin, maybe San Fran, LA, I don't know, the ones where they feel comfortable with, uh, they'll they'll flip the switch. And, and the reason why I say that is, and I made a video about this, um, 
I think Karpathy going on sabbatical, Elon taking on Twitter, and his very aggressively confident language as of late around full self-driving, I think are signals. And I use distracted by Twitter. I mean, like he, in his head, he has bandwidth to sort of do other things, especially yeah. within the context of him openly saying that full self-driving and the bot are the most important things for Tesla. Uh, I think yeah. that gives us a signal that says, okay, maybe they did hit a plateau of some sorts. But again, to your point, like, okay, that's what I believe, but you know, am I going to be, you know, sad once <laughs> January 1st, 2023 comes around and we're still sort of making only uh, slight improvements month over month or quarter over quarter or whatever it is in certain regions. So. I mean, I, I felt like they must have known something back when they raised the price of FSD. Yeah. And, and I don't know that we have gotten the value of that price increase. Like I didn't see anything huge happen, you know, between now and then, no. or, you know, so yeah, I agree with you about him having the like bandwidth, it seems to like kind of step back and not, you know, be so uh, focused on. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like there's something going on. I just have learned not to. Um, yeah. Smart. <laughs> Smart. You know? Yeah. 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 I, and it does look like they're really banking on single stack. I think they're really banking on single stack, getting them to where they need to be. And that, that could become the thing that takes them from, from where they are now to where they, where they could be. So I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a, a, a last question before we, we wrap. It's been an hour and a half already. This thing's like flu. Oh. <laughs> can't believe it. So crazy. <laughs> Um, so, so one of the comments you made earlier in the, uh, in the, in the interview was talking about how you, you, you know, you were one of the very few women in the Tesla community and you should be included in FSD beta. Lo and behold, you already had an email. So ha, jokes on you. But, um, but I would love to talk about that a little bit more because the one thing that I have noticed and, and one thing that I'm actually trying to consciously do, like, uh, I'm trying to involve a, a diverse group of people from the Tesla community on my channel. And the one thing that I'm always like, um, um, like curious about is like, there's very few women in the Tesla community community, you know? And, and I said, and I, I told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, okay, I need to start getting more women on my channel. Cause I feel like we're, I'm only talking to guys and I feel like, uh, it's always interesting to get a variety of opinion from people just cause you know, people experience life in different ways. And so, uh, I have you on, um, I had Ellie in space on last week. I got Alexandra coming on. I got K10 coming on. Uh, any other women in the Tesla community, if you want to come on, let me know. I want to talk about the diversity of, of this community, but, um, how, so, A, do you ever think about that where it seems like the community is sort of perhaps lacking uh, more women in the community? And do you have any thoughts about how to potentially increase that? Or do you think it's just native to the sort of field that this is? Like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Does that ever occur to you from, from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like cars are more a dude thing, first of mm. all, in general. Like, yeah. guys are just more into cars than, than women typically are. I was never into cars before I got my Tesla. Um, I also think that tech is more a guy thing too. The software, like all that stuff is more, you know, male dominated interest. So I think that those two reasons are why there aren't more women. I um, never cared about cars. I, I don't, I'm not a techie person. Like I was never like a person that had to have the, the new thing first. Like, you know, I, I waited several years to get my first smartphone, you know, like I just was never, I'm interested in tech, but I was never an early adopter um, before Tesla. Um, 
but for me, it was more about um, really believing that you needed to, we need to make the switch to electric vehicles to, to help our planet. Like I really do believe that. And so for me, it was more about that than it was about the car or for the tech. Um, I got into that as I got more into the car. Um, but I, I just feel like in general, that's that's probably why. And and I and part of the reason why I'm happy that I can be a, a, you know part of, of of the known in the Tesla community as a woman is because I do want to show that it's not hard. I feel like women like it might not be women. It might be people in general are are stick with what they're familiar with, and there is um, a learning curve when it comes to switching to an EV. It's not difficult, you know, it's just different, you know, and so you have to like kind of approach fueling in a different way and, you know, road trips and like everything in a different way. And so I'm trying to show that it's actually not difficult to do. And I'm a woman and I go on these road trips solo and it's not, you know, it's not rocket science. So um, hopefully more women will will get, get, in, get involved. There are a lot of women Tesla owners, so just not necessarily vocal are on social media, you know, yeah. but I'm groups of the Tesla divas, you know, there's lots of, lots of women. Um, we're just not as, you know, vocal about it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's, it's because it's a car thing and a tech thing. It's, it's interesting if you make that point because whenever I've, I've been driving around lately, there's so many more Teslas around Austin, like every freaking month, it looks like it's like doubling. I'm like, geez, what Same the hell's here. going on? My yeah. God, it's like it's like a mass of Tesla's taking over. But that's one thing I'm noticing. It's like I'm it's like almost 50 50. Like if I'm looking at drivers of the cars, it's like men and women is like half split. But then I look like at the community <laughs> and I make a sausage fest. You know, it's like it's just, yeah. it's all dudes. You know what I'm saying? Which is fine. It is what it is. But um, do, do you think the uh, Tesla community can do anything like do you feel like it's welcoming to women do you feel like it can do anything to perhaps attract more that more diversity from that perspective or do you think like you said it's just it is what it is and it's just uh, we'll see if time changes anything or do you think we can do anything to try and be more welcoming well i mean part of the reason why the tesla divas group started was because um like the facebook pages that are tesla like tesla owners worldwide or you know whatever that are that are um, men and women are pretty snarky. And I think that um, women were afraid to ask what might be considered a dumb question because a lot of the responses from men were pretty condescending and rude. And, and I don't think it was because they were women. I think that they're condescending and rude to men and women. But um, part of the reason why the women started the Tesla Divas was because they didn't want that from men. And they wanted, um, you know, a, a safe place where they could ask dumb questions and not, um, you know, not be made fun of or, or made to feel stupid. So I do think that maybe, but you can't control people on the internet. I mean, they are, you know, there's always going to be jerks out there. Um, but I do think that um, in general, it, it would be nice to be welcomed any new EV owner, whether it be a man or a woman, um, with the understanding that this is new for them and that they, they, you know, it's a big deal to make that switch to a lot of people. And um, so we could probably be more helpful and not be so rude, you know, to, to yeah. our snarky people. Yeah. 
Um, But I think that that would help more women feel comfortable for sure. Thank you for sharing that. No, that's, that's a great point. I think, I think the way, the way I've been noticing the community since I left the company, it's like, especially that whole Tesla con thing was like, Mm. like, it was so insane because there's so much, um, just love. Like there's so much love in the community and it's, and it feels, uh, it's, it's such a special, it feels special. You know, it feels really, really special. And so my head is like, okay, how, like, what can I do to try and, uh, like show people like, dude, this place is freaking awesome. Like how, how, like if you're part of this group, like it's, it's, you'll, you'll feel something that feels very unique. You know, it's, it's a very unique feeling to be part of this community. And so what I'm always trying to do with whatever little power I have with this freaking channel is to try mm-hmm. and broaden and widen the appeal of the community to try and, um, maybe bring people along that perhaps don't even know this sort of thing exists. And they just read the headlines and they think Elon's a, whatever, whatever they think. But like once you are part of the community, you find yourself surrounded. This is one a comment that I made to you. I think w- when we first met at the at the one restaurant with with uh, Matt and um, Matthew and Yaman was like like it it feels like all of us have a lot of shared experiences and like this sort of mission has brought us all together where we can all sort of like be with each other and sort of think about the future and how exciting it is and uh, yeah. people from so many different walks of lives you know people that have a, the haves and the have nots and whoever like everybody's together in, in this super unique mission that, where we're trying to move uh, almost like civilization forward towards a thing and trying to do so as fairly and as best as we can and I look at that. I'm like, man, how can that like this the people, more people should know about this. Like more people like, like, check this out. This is so cool. At the same time, I understand how like you don't want to make it too big because then who knows it might devolve kind of thing. But like at the same time, I'm like, man, like, I don't know. It's just, it feels very special. So yeah, I think, I think the points you made are, are, are really helpful. I think for, for me to, to know as well. Cause like, I, I don't have that lens, right? I don't, I, I don't have that lens. So it's helpful for me to know. And I hope it f- helps others too. Um, and if it's anything else you'd like to add to that, that'd be great. But I think that's very helpful. And thank you for being so honest about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that what Tesla has with the, with the community is, um, is really rare. And I, I think I, I said that in the movie too, you know, companies don't, this, this doesn't happen. Um, you can't manufacture it. Companies like you either have this loyal following or, or you don't, you know, it's not something that, that, um, that you can bottle and, and take from company to company. So I hope that Tesla will always appreciate how special this is. You know, that week when we were down in Austin for TeslaCon and for the rodeo, I was so overwhelmed. Like, I mean, it was just like the Saturday after it was kind of all over, I I slept all day (laughs) because I was coming down from this like crazy high where what other company do you have people flying in from all over the world, not, not, not to mention, you know, driving from all over the United States to go to an event that they're not even invited to, I know. you know, just like hope that they can get in. And then also the TeslaCon and all the events around it, they just wanted to like be there and be around everything that was happening, even if they weren't going to the rodeo themselves. It was so cool. So I really, really hope that Tesla like really always appreciates that because, you know, 
it's really, really, really special. And I think that because there's this mission that people believe in and, and, and um, you know, can rally behind, that's kind of what brings us all together, you know, and um, well, at least a lot of it, that's a lot of it is because, yeah. yeah, we're trying to, you know, make the world a better place. And I do believe that EVs, you know, have to happen in order for that to take place. So, yeah. Yeah, it's such yeah. a beautiful thing. And the, the one thing I'm starting to discover too is like, um, I, especially like people on my channel, that it, we have like a Discord and we, we're having these community forums every Friday where, where I take people from my from my community and we have an open forum discussion and we're gonna make them into live streams. And the one feedback I keep getting back from people is like, I wanna talk about Tesla all the time, but no one around me wants to talk about it. And they always tell me to shut up and I can't tell you how happy I am that I can have other people to talk to about this in person or, or like yeah. or on the thing. I'm like, wow, okay, you're right. Because, because I stopped bringing up Elon and Tesla in conversation period. I'm never the initiator ever. I used to be. And yeah. people are like, literally shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's word for word. That's what they told me, you yeah. know? And, and now what, one of the interesting things that I'm noticing is that it's starting to Elon, Tesla, and all these things are starting to come up more organically and not necessarily negative in a negative manner. It's like, yo, did you like this? This plat thing is crazy. Like, did you see this plat thing? Oh, Elon's buying Twitter. Dude, that's going to be awesome. Like, it's a lot more positive than I expected. It's more organic. Like, I'm not even bringing them up. And then once they start, I'm like, oh, let me talk your ear off about the things yeah. that I, you know, I think are going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if you noticed that too. Have you noticed that from your standpoint as well, where like the topic of Elon and Tesla are coming up more organically around you? or have you not noticed that? You know, I mean, my friends here in, in Newport and, and the people that I work with at Delta, they all know me as the Tesla girl, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, and so I I feel like, um, you know, when they do talk to me about it, it's because they know, you know. Got it. Am, Makes sense. You know, yeah. um, I don't talk about it otherwise, though. Um, and like at work, um, I have like people who don't know, or if I overhear passengers, maybe, um, I, I do notice that it's, it's being talked about more, but I just think that they're everywhere now, like you were saying. And so it's kind of becoming more mainstream yeah. Tesla is. Um, so yeah, I still hear a lot of negative too, though. I mean, you know, sure. a lot of people hate Elon, so I get to hear about that too. I get, I get all the articles sent to me, you know, or all yeah. the you think about this or, you know, a lot of my friends own the stock because of me. And then they're like texting me about that. I'm like, look, you know, can't even look at it. Like, don't be a Tesla investor. If you're going to watch every, the daily movement of right. the stock. But, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it is because the company is just so much more mainstream now in general too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a very interesting part that we're sort of moving into now for the company where it is becoming quite a bit more mainstream. Elon became a time person of the year last year and it's becoming bigger and bigger. It's it's impossible to ignore at this point, right? It, where before maybe it was a little bit easier to ignore. Now it's basically impossible, especially in the States. So it, it's going to be fascinating to watch how this thing unfolds. But I want to thank you so much for coming on, Kim. This was an awesome discussion. Thank you very much. Uh, I had a blast. Great talking to you again. We could have gone another freaking hour and a half, but I want to be respectful of both of our, uh, your time, especially. So uh, thank you very much for taking the time. Any any last thoughts you want to uh, pass on to the uh, community before we wrap this sucker up? Um. Yeah, just I, I, I want to thank the community for being so wonderful to me. Um, especially about the movie. 
Um, I was really, really nervous to tell you the truth. I was, I was texting people before it came out. I was, I was sick to my stomach the day that it came out. And I just really want to thank everybody for being so nice to me. And, um, and yeah, uh, cause I, cause it was a nerve wracking time for me waiting for that movie to come out. And also just, you know, reiterate how wonderful the community is in general. Like I just, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it and I'm proud to be um, an FSD beta tester that people have followed and, and can, can um, you know, look to for progress uh, with uh, self-driving. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing all the awesome things you've, you've done for, for the community. And uh, yeah, it's uh it's it's great having uh, met you and you know talking with you. So I feel very lucky to to to, to have this sort of relationship with you. So thank you so much for coming on and giving me the time um, to talk to you. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. I love to talk to you again sometime. Awesome, we can talk Tesla yeah. all day, right? Yeah. And that, next time you're in Austin, let me know. We'll uh, we'll go grab, grab a bat or something. We'll figure Absolutely. something out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm just gonna fade this out here, and then we'll we'll finish up.